This is Life with Cat Walsh. The secret power behind an STD. I bet that's a statement you have never heard in your life, right? I know I haven't heard it. It, uh, it came to me this morning. And uh, for those who are just finding me, my name is Kat Walsh. Welcome to the show. Uh, I generally on this show talk about uh, my spiritual, just everything that's going on in my life and things that are coming up. And it's usually around my entrepreneurial path. I've got another podcast called Trip on This. And so I'm always uh, coming on and giving it to you guys straight. And uh, this topic has, I literally woke up this morning and began to write. This is uh, three pages of just notes to myself, actually, for this for this video. And I'm not going to read them. Don't don't worry. But I am. I might reference them as I as I go through this because I want to bring a lot of light to this subject around STDs, um, especially because this topic is usually a topic that is shrouded in shame and guilt and fear, fear of rejection, isolation, loneliness, uh, all the stuff, right? And I'd like to, my intention with this video is to offer another perspective for everyone that is listening, particularly if you uh, have an STD or know someone that's close to you that you could pass it, pass it along this pass this video along to. Um, so, so yeah, that's just kind of the setup, my intention. And also as a quick note, uh, this is not to like, uh, what's the way I want to say it always, you know, it's, this isn't to take STDs lightly by any means. And, um, it's also, you know, if you are having sex, of course, uh, protect yourself, use a condom. If you're not in a serious relationship get tested regularly, you know, all the stuff we know, we all, we all know the stuff to do to help protect ourselves. But then life happens, right? Then life happens. And sometimes we could be faced with the thing that we're afraid of the most. So now let me tell you my story. All right. Where to even begin? All right. Yeah. I'm just looking at my notes here. All right. Yeah. So when I was around, I'm 36, I'm turning 37, uh, March 8th. When I was around 30, I went to the OBGYN and I was doing a regular checkup, uh, just like a regular thing. And I had just also started to do a lot of soul cycle. It was like around the time of doing soul cycle. And I remember, oh, by the way, let me just, before I go into this, this is, this episode is like very, uh, this is a very personal episode and I'm going to just, you're going to be like, wow, cat. This is an out there episode. Uh, and I just also, sorry, I, before I go into everything, I also want to say, y'all might be looking at me like this is the bravest episode I've ever seen. And I want to tell you guys right up front the amount of courage and healing it's taken me even within like this one week to get to this place to even talk about this. Um, I'll, I'll get into that piece more. And also, uh, yeah, like as of one week ago, the idea of having an episode that even touched on a subject like STDs made my like heart start to beat out of my chest. Okay. So, um, as you watch this, just understand that. And, um, yeah. Okay. 
So yeah, so when I was 30, I went and I had, I remember I had one uh, hair follicle uh, there, down there, um, that was just like a little bit inflamed. Like it was kind of like uh, an ingrown hair. And I was like, okay, no, no problem. Like no big deal. I was doing soul cycle. So it's a lot of like rubbing. And I remember even I put Stridex, you know, like for like pimples, I put it on it and it just went away in a second. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. It's just like, it's like a pimple or not, not even a pimple. Like it was just, uh, it was just like literally like red around the follicle of one hair, one little hair. (laughs) And, and, uh, and I was like, okay, no problem, whatever. And then it, it happened again. Um, but from soul cycles. So like, again, it was just like this one little follicle and I was like, okay. And so I wasn't going to ask my OB because she was down there doing her thing. And I decide, all right, you know what? Let me just like bring it up to her. And I was like, does this, everything look like this all looks like normal and chill. And, and she, and she looked at like the little, like what I was talking about, the red like follicle. And she's like, yeah, that doesn't, it looks like an ingrown hair. Like you're fine. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Great. Um, and then I had said something like, okay, yeah, because it just like, it was, there, it's been there like twice. So I was like, I just figured I'd ask, but I'm so glad that that it doesn't look like anything to you. And cause it didn't look like anything to me. It was just, I don't know that like a little intuitive pull that was just like, whatever my soul wanted to know. And then she says to me, well, for, for your own peace of mind, <laughs> my own peace of mind, for my own peace of mind, why don't you just get tested for herpes too? Why don't you just go? Um, my, my, I like literally went flush, like all the blood left me, even with her saying that. And I was like, oh no, no, no. Oh, I'm good. No, 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 no thanks. That like, that's, that's fine. Like if this, this, this looks fine to you, like, okay, cool. No, no problem. And she's like, well, no, I'm a cat. Like you might as well, like, it doesn't look like it. So like, it doesn't look like anything. So like, why not check this off your list as something like, so it's off your mind. And so I was like, okay, fine. Well, my friends, uh, she calls me and she comes back and says, actually you do. Your test came back positive. I, I literally, um, I actually thought I was going to die. The overwhelming devastation that I felt around this news was beyond words. I literally thought my life was over. I thought no one was ever going to love me again. I thought um, I was it, it, somehow like uh, I, people wouldn't want me anymore, that I wasn't um, desirable anymore, who would, you know, like all, all of this stuff that like who would ever want to, I mean, the whole thing. And, and for people that uh, have this, I'm sure you can relate, right? It's one of the highest, this particular STD is like the high, one probably the highest stigmatized um, STD out there. Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, obviously other than HIV, like this is the one, which is ironic because this this one happens to be, because it doesn't, because there's no cure, that's I think the, the, big, the big reason, but it actually, there's no, um, there's no like real medical downside to it. But it didn't matter at this time, I was, I literally thought my life was over. Um, and it was really, really hard. I, that began, you know, to slowly kind of go back into the background of my mind. And something interesting began to happen. You know, it wasn't right away. But I began to feel 
a new energy. Um, okay, so sorry, before I even go into that, this particular STD was literally the one that I was afraid of the most. This is the one that I felt the most judgment around, even with, like, I remember saying things that were so insensitive around, I think, particularly around this one. I remember just saying something, like a line, and just realizing, like, wow, that is so, that is such an absurd thing in hindsight to even, like, comment or say anything derogatory or negative about someone when it comes to STDs, because it's like, you can get one in the first time you have sex. It has literally nothing to do with the person. But but society has conditioned us this the 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 pressure and the shame that that we have taken on um makes it where it's like this somehow it has something to do with you as a person which it obviously does not anyway so back to this rising energy this is going to be a this is going to be an interesting thing i'm going to be sharing with you guys um a very interesting thing because I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you guys just a whole lot of truth. Can you tell? <laughs> Can you tell that this is a very honest uh, conversation? Can't believe I'm actually talking about it. Not only to like close friends, but literally publicly. Um... <laughs> All right. So I'm trying to look at notes. Sorry. I'm trying to look at notes and I'm like, you know your own story. So I'm going to just, just bear with me guys on this. Just be a little patient with me as I like try to find the words to this. So I had an interesting um, energy begin to emerge now within me. And it emerged in my sacral chakra, which for those that are not familiar with that area, it's right below the belly button, right? It's where your womb is as a woman. And I began to allow for these feelings of desire come up in me. The desire for the taboo, the desire for how big, you know, like things that I would only probably have seen in like porn, you know, like the desire to explore my sexuality in a way where that I was so afraid to ever do prior to this because whatever, society, you know? I was just so afraid of this, what I considered like a death sentence before, um, basically. Um, I, I like literally at this, at this point, like it, all of these like suppressed desires began to emerge within me. And I realized like how much of my own sensuality and sexuality in a real, in a real like powerful, like divine feminine way I had suppressed. Because I wanted to be a, a good girl and I wanted to be wife material, right? In quotes. And I wanted to be all of these things. But some of my desires were like, I wanted to, I don't know, like go to, I didn't even know what I wanted. I, I actually, I didn't know, but I, I just began to like allow for, well, the thing that I was the most afraid of happened. So like, now what? Like, okay, <laughs> you know, like it almost, it flipped, um, it flipped into, and this is, this is how I want to talk about the power now of this. It flipped now into my realizing my own desires. And so I'm now, I'm now starting to allow all of this suppressed energy to come up to me. 
I quickly then meet a guy that I dated, the first guy that I dated since knowing, like more seriously. And I remember when I um, told him about my diagnosis, I was shaking. I was so scared and shaking and all, all the things, afraid of what he would say, afraid of being rejected, afraid of, um, is, he, is he gonna tell his friends? Am I, am I gonna be gossiped about, right? Like the, the, the myriad of things that happen with this kind of, uh, with this kind of thing. And uh, that didn't happen. You know, he was like, okay, well, I've had a lot of sex with a lot of people um, in the past. And he's like, I get regularly tested. And he's like, and so I'm not, I'm not particularly worried. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't care, you know? And I was like, what? You don't, you don't care? Like, it was the first mind-blowing uh, concept that, like, somebody who, like, wasn't going to marry me, it's not going to be forever, like, it's all this stuff, but, like, would still, like, want me and desire me like that? And so we went off and we actually got like tested together, you know, for like everything else. And, and, uh, and like on we went and, and that led us, he happened to be, and maybe this is why he was, had a lot of positivity around sex and just understanding that this is just part of the deal. <laughs> You're sexually active is like, yeah, the potential of these things happening is a reality, right? Um, is he was in the lifestyle in the, like, he would go to sex parties and, and he's had, like, you know, multiple partners at a time. Like, just, just, like, wild shit. And I remember, like, him telling me and my eyes just opening and, and realizing, like, how much I desired the experience of now that the taboo. It's, like, now the all, like, it, I don't even want to call it the shadow, but all the things that I wasn't ever supposed to want or feel or desire began to like activate in me because I was suddenly free of the fear of what if I get this STD? Well, fuck, it happened. But I was shackled in fear before that, never allowing myself to actually to experience what I desired, what I would fantasize about, what I would have liked to done because I was so afraid of society, society's conditioning around it and the conditioning and the story of, oh, no one's going to ever love me if, uh, if I have anything, you know? And so it, this opened up an entirely new world for me to experience. And it was so, and even though like it was, it was just with my partner and I, uh, but we would still be amongst like just very open-minded, very sexy situations. And I was like, this is, I, I can't believe this world exists like this. Like, I, I mean, I knew about swingers and things of that nature, but I had never like really, you know, like seen it firsthand. That then leads me to the second person I had uh, dated. And once again, I remember when I had told him once again that I had this diagnosis, it was like, once again, this like, okay, thank you so much for telling me and I choose you, I choose you anyway. And that level, particularly with him, that level of intimacy that I felt was so intoxicating. I had never in my ever, actually, not even close did I ever feel intimacy like that in my 20s. In fact, in my 20s, I never felt intimacy at all. I was not very closed off. I was very disconnected from my own body. When I would have sex, it was like half the time I was drunk. 
You know, like I, I, there was not a connection to my partner like this. And that made sex fucking bomb. Honestly, the best sex I have ever had. Best sex I've ever had. And I remember because of the, because that intimacy was so like there that I was like, oh, this also just unlocked the greatest sex I've ever had because I'm now getting intimate and vulnerable and shaking when I told him to. And it's now unlocked a sense of relaxation in me that I have ne- I had yet to experience until that point. We also went on wild, sexy adventures. We had, we fucking lived it up. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. And I was still getting to really like, mm, love on all of this sexual energy that was emerging that, that I had suppressed the whole time. And it felt so powerful and, and special and divine and holy. Divine and holy. Isn't that a fucking trip? I'm sorry, I'm cursing so much on this, but like this is the energy I'm in. It was the most connected, tantric experience I had ever felt. That is some wild shit to feel that. To not only feel that you're lesser than, that there should be some shame, but that I feel my most connected to the divine source, to the God source than I ever have. Wow. Imagine that kind of gift. Um, I had dated two others after, so I've been with four partners, um, seriously, where we had unprotected sex and lots of it. And by the way, all four of them, four for four, never got it. So I'll get into that a little bit later, just about like stats around just like understanding all this. But, and those two was just like a regular kind of relationship. It wasn't like wild adventure, crazy sex parties. Okay. Like it was, it was, um, normal. Cause that's not really like, I got to like play it out in my, that fantasy and, and it no longer, uh, it's like, because I let the experience be there it didn't like dominate in the shadows of like, ooh, what I really want. Like, okay, cool. I got to experience it. And like, what do I really want now? I want deep connection with my love. The, 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 the epitome of intimacy, like just the depths of intimacy that I've yet to experience. Like that's who obviously I want my partner in life to be when I hopefully meet them. And, um, but these other two, like once again, like I told them right up front, it was the third date for, one of them, one of the guys, and it was the second date for for the last person I had dated. And both times, you know, they 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 handled it so great. I, you know, explained the situation. I said, look, it's not that e- it's it's not that easy for you to get it. Okay. Like it has to be active um in it. Like if you think of a cold sore, right? It's and especially if you don't have that much of a viral load, um, which means like you like the breakouts aren't bad or like some people, most people are asymptomatic. Um, but I'll, I'll get into that kind of stuff. But, you know, I just explained the situation, but I was like, but I just want you to know, cause I, I understand, I understand if like, you don't want, you don't want to take any risk, even though it's, even if it's low and they thanked me and waited and they said, well, that doesn't, that doesn't really change how I feel about you and wanting to explore this relationship with you. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Wow. And so I thought a lot of healing had been done 
However, I didn't know that I, I didn't know how much I still wasn't healed from all of this. I had recognized the fact, I had recognized the gift in it through like my exploration into some of the like the, you know, more of the kinks of life, right? Um, but there was still, I didn't even, I didn't even know that I was still rejecting myself. I was still waiting for the, okay, so it wasn't the first four guys feeling very lucky about that, but the fifth, like always waiting for the other shoe to drop around being rejected. And the truth is, and especially now as I talk about it, um, I'm, I, I'm healing it. This is part of, this is part of my healing, by the way, talking about this and then hopefully, um, helping to bring healing to, to you who's watching or listening. Um, but sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Yeah. But I, I, I thought the, the healing kind of was done except to say that I still haven't told several of my best friends, um, and I wouldn't even journal about having this because I was afraid that one day when I died, someone would read it and know I had it. So clearly was still holding a fucking shitload of shame around this. And what that is, is that this entire time, I have been subtly rejecting myself. I could say all the nice things that I want about myself, and I do. I love myself so much. This right here is radical self-love. To talk about this, to claim this, to be okay with this. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't until my mushroom trip, shout out to mushrooms. Boy, was this a really hard situation. Um, I just got back from a Jamaican mushroom retreat <laughs> that was amazing and in the first trip one of the first things that my trip starts to go to was you need to tell you need to start telling your closest friends um about this about this diagnosis because you need to unburden yourself of this shame and it's hurting you it's hurting you and it's hurting your vibrational signature it's hurting because there is a part of you in your subconscious that is rejecting you that is in your signature, reject. And I needed to, and it like brought it up. I was like, I, I, my heart started beating out of my chest. Like, oh God, no, 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 no. Oh my God, please don't, don't, don't say that. Don't tell me that this is the thing I have to do. And this is, I'm talking about my best friends that I didn't tell. And um, thankfully the mushrooms let me off the hook the first time, the first journey. And uh, the third time I was doing like a little microdose, thought it was going to be nothing. I thought it was going to be a fun day, a creative day. And you guys, the entire trip was about how I needed to heal this now. Once and for all, I needed to bring real light and real healing to this subject for myself. I needed, if I was to, if I'm to create all that I wish to create, that this was the number one thing that I needed to heal for myself. And I lit it was one of the heaviest and scariest trips. I mean, not scary, but the heaviest trips. Heavy is a good word. It was so heavy, the idea of telling people because I was so afraid that my self-image would be ruined. I was so afraid of not being un being undesirable, of of looking whatever, all the stories of of 
what we say to ourselves around being less than, around being unworthy now of love. And I told a woman on my trip and I was crying and I was having such a hard time. And then there was another guy on my, on my trip and he was really, really attractive. I found him really hot and he was really quiet. And I got a very clear message in the trip. It was like, you need to tell him. You should tell him. No, not you need to. It's that you should tell him. You know, he doesn't, he's not, it's like somebody, he lives in a different state and all this stuff. Like, but it's the, it's the perfect t- opportunity for you to like speak to someone that you're attracted to, to, um, you know, begin your, begin the process. And, and so I did. And what that did, we ended up having a three to four hour conversation and this is somebody who like he kind of he like barely talked to me the whole trip like I kept trying to like chat with him I was kind of flirting with him because I couldn't help it and um (laughs) I just feel like he just like wasn't giving me the time of day I was like okay fine whatever um but through this and I got like real I was you know I was tearing up and talking about the feelings and 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 how hard it has been for me and and how much I've just kind of put it in the back burner and it was the most beautiful, fun, cool conversation, three to four hours. You know, we talked about that piece for like 20 minutes and, and he said everything that I, you could possibly want someone to say, like both understanding where I'm coming from and also reflecting like, I wish you didn't feel like that. And like, you are desirable and all the, like all the things like it was just, it was great. And then we talked about a bunch of other things and that intimacy once again, that intimacy was the was the greatest gift I could have ever given to myself. And that's that's the the big kind of point that I'm bringing up is is the gifts of some of these things is like, all right, obviously, nobody really, you know wants it, but if you get here with something that that if there it's just something you have to manage, where can you find the gift? Where can we find the gift in it? Where can we bring light to it? You know, the more darkness that we feel, the more light there is behind it. Can you imagine the idea of being more magnetic and more desirable because of it? Because of your diagnosis? Because of of the radical self-love that is being required of us now to heal ourselves, To change the story? It is a story. It's a story that we've adopted from society. And it probably started with religion. It's control. It's all control. And this, you know, for me is my reclamation of my power and my sexiness and my hotness and my resi- my desirability. And understanding there's going to be people that might say, Kat, you're cool. You're, you know, you're good looking, but it's not worth the risk. Great. And there's going to be plenty that say, hell yes. And that hell yes is on such a deeper level of being chosen to be fully seen for all of you and to be chosen anyway. That is an aphrodisiac. That is an incredible aphrodisiac. But the biggest thing to get to the I choose you is we have to choose ourselves. We have to choose ourselves, And I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. I honestly, I can't believe that I got to this place in a week. But I also think it's part of my dharma. 
I actually think it's part, I've actually, I had this vision a year and a half ago that one day I would talk about this to help bring light and perspective to people. But I had pushed it down. I was like, when I meet my partner and when I'm a big famous podcaster or whatever it is, like I, I will do this thing. And, and it just became very evident. I was like, no, the time is now. The time is now. And so, yeah, where's the gift? Where's the gift for you? It might take time. It might take tears. It did for me. You know, this is going to be, I'm, I feel confident now talking, but ooh, boy, when I have to release this, not have to, when I want to release this, when I get to release this. And let me put a time stamp on that. This is uh, January 20th. Yeah, January 20th, uh, 2023. And I plan to release this tomorrow on the 21st, the new moon. Because this is my radical self-love. And there is great power in this experience. And so I hope that this story helps whoever it's meant to help. I hope that you find the gift in all of it. I'm not saying everything positive, positive, positive. I'm not saying that. Go through the grief. Go through the mourning process. But don't make it your story for life. I went through that mourning process for six years. I just put it in the back burner. Until now. I wish to bury that now. I'm burying it right now. And it will continue. I'm sure my heart's still going to race like a motherfucker when I have to tell the love of my life that I just met about this thing. And if they're the love of my life, they're going to look me in the eye and say, I choose you anyway. You are a fuck yes. I ain't worried about that, girl. And that just, that just brings me back to, not only is this something like this particularly, like something like herpes manageable, it's actually way harder to give than you think. <laughs> it's the scariest part. They don't even put it, you can't even go to Planned Parenthood and get this test anymore. It's not even on, when you say like, I want to get a full panel, they don't include this. They don't even give it as an option because most people have it. One in five women in the United States of America has it. Two, herpes two has it. The thing is 90% don't know because it's almost imperceptible. It's barely there. And so it's a recommendation by doctors that they don't want you getting tested unless you're actually having a physical outbreak, unless you're having a symptom. Because the mental, the psychological, because there's such little risk with it, it's more like if you want to be, if you're, if you're pregnant and you do get outbreaks, yes, okay, they put you on Valtrex. Okay, great. It's, again, very, very manageable. But other than that, there's basically no risk to you, unlike all the other STDs, right, that, yes, they might have, you, you can take an antibiotic, but they can sterilize you, like chlamydia or gonorrhea and these ones, right? Um, which is, again, why getting regularly tested is important. Those are also asymptomatic for the most part. Um, but with something like this, which is the most highly stigmatized because there is no anti, you know, antibiotic for it, um, they, don't, they don't recommend it because apparently most people have, it's like a spectrum, most people have some degree of the virus in their, in their system, 
but it's about how much of the virus is in your system, right? And if you have a lot of the virus in your system, that's when you can usually have some kind of an outbreak. And a lot of people will have like some very, like, um, uh, uh, I should, like my, I, I should be able to have cold sores, um, just genetically, like from birth, but I, but I've never gotten them. I've never had one in my life, but I, it's somehow it's in the marker of like, it's in there. It's, it's part of it. There's like, but it's like a small degree. So it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not active where they don't right. That's not part of this recommended. And so again, this is the same case with this. And so it's just like educating and bringing awareness around something and just reclaiming back, um, just, yeah, like our own power around all of this stuff. Um, is there anything else that I want to add? Guides, team? Yeah, just my heart is going out to you. If you have been struggling, it's not the end of the world. It really isn't. And I know that's such a hard thing to say because I remember someone saying that to me and being like, easy for you to say. But then I was like, no, 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 it is not easy for me to say. I fucking know exactly what you're talking about, like what you probably are feeling. I know exactly all of that. But just remember, like, there are so many people that you're a yes for. And it's okay if you're not a yes for everyone. The person that you're meant to be with, your partner, is going to be like, fuck yes. And you just watch how that intimacy brings you closer together. You watch what it feels like when you choose yourself. Anyway, my I'm sending so much love and gratitude to you all. Feel free to reach out. And uh, yeah, next, I have a crazy story that I'm going to be talking to you guys next. This is the last like, oh my God. I had the craziest catfish story of my life, you guys. Straight up bananas. Just I'll just leave it there. Cliffhanger, the craziest catfish story of all time. I recorded this episode like back months ago, but I think I'm going to put it after this. So people are going to be like, what the fuck is going on on Life with Cat Walsh? Cat is talking about some really out there stuff. Uh, and then I might just bring it back to like normal day-to-day uh, life stuff, which I probably will, because these are like the two big things um, in my life that I would have kept well in the, <laughs> well in the shadow. Um Anyway, that's all. I, I kind of want to pull a quick card. You can, you guys, for those who are listening, this is already pretty long. So if you want to uh, dip out, I'll do it. But I like to pull from this Archangel Metatron deck by by Amanda Ellis. She is uh, an, uh, an intuitive and uh, a medium. And she, this is her deck. It's great. And I like to pull a card, a collective card for all of us at the end of each episode of Life with Cat Walsh. So uh, I doubt that this probably has anything. I mean, I don't know what's in this deck that would relate to what I'm talking about, but let's just see if there's any kind of other collective messages that are meant for today. Again, we're heading into a new moon in Aquarius uh, tomorrow, the 21st. All right. Okay. So we pulled the uh, card number 12, Akashic Records, Evaluation and Review. Perfect. We're about to go into a new moon. It's the beginning of the year still, 2023. What a perfect time to reflect 
on all the ways that we disempower ourselves. That's a big one. All the ways that we disempower ourselves. What stories do we have about ourselves? What stories about being unlovable do we have about ourselves? We're not meant to be the ones how to fix it, but when we bring awareness to it, you all, the, the healing already begins. Oftentimes, I'll just pray for help. I'll pray to let go. Help, please help me to surrender. Please help me to let go. Please help me to see the truth of who I am. Please help me to see my inherent worth and lovability. All of it. So beautiful card. Beautiful. Thank, thanks, Metatron. And so that's all. Love you guys. I hope this helps. And I'll see you guys next time.